to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. Uh, my name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Jim Brown on the line. He is the founder and creator of Jim Brown Investing. Uh, Jim, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, Adam. So I'm excited to learn more about Jim uh, Brown Investing and exactly how you're helping your clients and what you're helping them with. Um, but before we get into that, let's start with your background. So, so how did you get started as an entrepreneur? Right, so um, I spent several decades in, in the financial industry as an auditor and securities litigation consultant. And um, we went to NYU beat school and I was in, I was investing in the financial markets, stocks, bonds, funds, options, pretty much everything real estate um, since then. And there was a lot of trial and error uh, to be totally honest with you. There's a lot of, um, a, a lot that I still had to learn practically in the markets. And um, the reason I got into entrepreneurialism is I wanted to create a roadmap that I wish I had. Um, 30 years ago when I first started out to kind of really um, simplify how to invest in uh, in a successful way, stacking the deck in your favor. So you worked for some large companies for quite some time, and you really got a solid um, background, obviously, in your profession as a professional. Um, that being said, then you made the jump to entrepreneur to really create your own uh, your own path and your own products, obviously. That being said, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that are, uh, that are you know, in the same boat. Uh, so they're, they're really accomplished in their careers, and they're thinking about going out and striking it out and, become, and creating a product or a business. Um, what kind of advice would you give them in, in kind of making that leap? Um, so I think focus on, on a few terms, value and clarity, uh, also being honest with yourself and, and the market. Uh, and what I mean by that is this. You really want to you want to provide value right to your clients, but you want to do it in a way that they see the values. So you want to be really clear in your messaging, um, the way you connect with people, um, and in your product itself to make sure they they glean the value that you're delivering. Um, the other thing is um, with respect to being true to yourself, do something that you really believe in, you know, um, and 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 really uh, do something that's going to connect with people that you enjoy working with and work you in, that you enjoy doing because I think that's going to come through. Um, especially if you're working with people in, in, individually, live, um, you're, you're, that's going to come through. So I think being authentic, uh, prioritizing value, and prioritizing clarity, and I think everybody wins. I, I really like your answer, and I'll tell you why. And, and very specifically, I like your answer for the group of, of, of entrepreneurs that you fall in, and this is why. Um, so a lot of times, especially if you've had a successful career, you have a lot of skills. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. Um, so if you're going out there to become a consultant, you're going out there to create a product, there's just a lot of things you can do that you would actually be able to do well and you could do great. Um, but what you're saying is that you really need to be clear about your messaging and what you want to accomplish and how you want to help people. And that, I think, is a challenge sometimes for um, for um, accomplished professionals that go the entrepreneur route after many years of success and careers that um, have given them a lot of skills. Um, so just one follow-up question I'll ask, what, what kind of things do you think help an entrepreneur in that transition period and really getting clarity? 
it, it, it takes a while. And just to, to share something from my own journey, it's a transition. Um, I came out of decades of working for firms, uh, worked for accounting firms and law firms and did some consulting work. And, you know, one is just structuring your day in a way that works best for you. You know, it's a, uh, it's a double-edged sword. You have total freedom, but you, you also have total responsibility. So um, what workspace works best for you? What time of day are you most productive in? And instead of thinking in hours, um, one of the, some of the best advice I can give to someone is think in terms of productivity. Don't think about how many hours you're putting in because it's really all about the productivity and it's all on you. Um, so uh, also be patient with yourself and um, you know, give yourself some time because you're, you're doing something new, especially if you're transitioning out of a corporate environment. Um, at least for me, there was a transition period and you know you'll you you will if you stick with it you'll you'll see what works the times of day that work for you with respect to productivity getting in a rhythm that works for you um and uh and it gets a lot easier and, and actually quite frankly a lot more fun <laughs> the further down the line you go <laughs> yeah i get it i get it and that's great advice and that's spoken like someone that's been down the path so i appreciate you sharing that um, Jim, let's transition a bit i want to talk more about what you're doing over at jim brown investing uh so what are you helping clients with, and, uh, and what kind of clients are you helping? Right. So um, I simplify successful investing in the financial markets. And what I mean by that is I'm taking – I created a roadmap that I wish I'd had 30 years ago when I started out. And I'm also uh, – weaved in a mindset component to that. So let me unpack that. Um, I can give 100, 100 people – I can give 100 people um, the same roadmap uh, and that, let's assume they're the same age group, same risk profile, uh, same 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 goals, and uh, they'll have different results. And a lot of that will have to do with mindset. So with respect to the roadmap itself, I simplified it so that it is clear, the messaging is clear, how do I do this, what works best for me, how risk-averse or how much risk am I willing to take, uh, how much work am I willing to do. Uh, in other words, a more hands-off passive approach would be something like, let's say, high-yield high, uh, savings account, laddering CDs, and index funds, low-cost index funds. And that's it. Um, not a lot of work to do on your end. And then on the other end of the spectrum, DIY, if you're managing your own portfolio, you'll, you'll need to know, uh, you know, asset allocation, and, and um, you'll, need to, uh, have, you'll need to know how to analyze individual securities or individual funds and having a higher level of confidence with, with respect to which funds will create alpha or outperform the benchmark. So um, knowing who you are and, um, and knowing how you will best perform in the market. What kind of mistakes do you find, um, you know, that, that investor without your 30-year roadmap, let's just say, or your, um, are, are making? Um, I, think a lot of, I, think, I think a lot of the mistakes are, are due to not knowing where to start and, and proceed in an effective way. There's a lot of information overwhelm out there um, in the media, and, and even if it's well-intentioned, if you don't have the background, if you're if you're a, a not a not don't come from a financial background, you really maybe don't know where to start. Um, so, uh, with respect to mistakes, one mistake that 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 seems to be prevalent is overconfidence. Let's assume that you are are highly proficient in your field, whether you're an entrepreneur or a professional or, or whatever you do, you're very good at it. Um, what I see people do sometimes is they they think they can apply that 
confidence in that um, in that level of, of, of um, I, I guess, proficiency to the markets without having any experience in the understanding of the markets. Oh, that's a huge one, both of those. And uh, and that, that whole idea of information overload, I like to tell people this. I'm like, when Warren Buffett started investing, don't quote me, but I think there were like 100 stocks or something like that on the major exchange or a couple hundred right. at the most. I mean, he could, he could, it's easy for him to say that he was able to memorize them and know what every company was doing and a manager. Why? Because he wasn't memorizing thousands. <laughs> yeah, over, the years, over the years he has, I'm sure, by the way, but I mean, that one he was starting out so that information overload is a thing it absolutely is and to your point about warren buffett um i think i've read that he's he, he there's something called a book of stocks or something like that and he mm -hmm, basically mm -hmm. read all about all the stocks and the point is you know to to, to do that and, and kind of chase returns like like warren buffett and outperforming the market you know you kind of have to be willing to do that work too and that's where overconfidence could come into play as well um, where you really want to know what you're doing, have confidence in, in what you're doing. That's that's based on you know reasoning, research, as opposed to just hope. No, I, I love it, and I love and I love the work you're doing and and how you're doing it. Let's talk a little bit more about the um, about the behavioral finance component of it. Sure. Um, so how do, how does that play into things? Right. So the cognitive biases are, are are probably a good place to start with that. Overconfidence bias is the one I usually start with because it, it can seep into the other biases. So um, one of the examples I use with, with clients and people that take my course is, is recency bias. So in 2017, crypto was, was really hot and became ubiquitous, right, in Bitcoin. And when people were, were investing aggressively and then you know, the market kind of peaked right around 20,000 on Bitcoin at least and then, and then subsequently plummeted, um, and the recency bias could be, for example, in that scenario, the, wow, everyone's making money on Bitcoin. That's a great investment. You really don't understand what's happening in the market itself or, or any stock, for example, that's, that's really running or spiking. Um, so you can, become, you, can be, you can be susceptible to recency bias. Um, what I use as an example to say, well, how does that apply to, to, uh, to real life? There's TV shows that I like, um, Billions, Breaking Bad. Game of Thrones just wrapped. And what I found myself doing watching these different shows is while I'm watching that show, I say things like, oh my gosh, this is the best show ever. The best writers are on the same thing. And now that I'm aware of these biases, I'm catching myself. And, you know, that, that applies, that's in our psychology, it applies to the markets as well. So you want to be aware of these biases. Um, and there's many others, confirmation bias and, and, and so on. No, that, that's awesome, Jim, and I appreciate you giving uh, some really context examples around that behavioral finance, extremely fascinating. I think it's a huge component of the psychology of why um, investors are, um, are not successful over the long term, and it also lets me know that uh, your Jim Brown investing course, you guys are doing great work over there because you're not just treating the analytical side, you're also treating the psychological side, uh, in which you need both of those to be successful as an investor uh, long-term. Uh, Jim, if somebody wants more information on Jim Brown Investing, what's the best way for them to reach out or find out more info? The best way is jimbrowninvesting.com. You're also welcome to connect with me on, on Facebook or LinkedIn as well, Jim Brown on Facebook and, um, and, on, and on LinkedIn as well. 
Fantastic. Well, hey, Jim, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. And to the listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those amazing things we do to uh, support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Jim, thanks again for coming to the show. Oh, 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 oh